Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Feats podcast. My name is Ben. I'm an active travel advocate from Nuneaton in Warwickshire. You can find me on social media over on Twitter at BicycleBenUK, over on Facebook, facebook.com slash BicycleBenUK, or over on Mastodon, mastodon.online slash BicycleBen, or over on the website as well if you prefer, Feats.UK, that's F-I-E-T-S dot UK. This is a... Um, a short episode, or at least I think it'll be a short edition, as I'm really just checking in. It's been over a month since the last edition of this podcast, and while I always say this is an ad hoc um, series of podcasts, there's no regular release schedule, I'm always going to leave it until I've got something I want to say, rather than commit to rambling on weekly about maybe I don't have anything to say. While I do always say that, I do feel like after a month I really should just check in and say, hi, still here, still doing things things and uh yeah don't don't drop your subscriptions yet thinking you know it's all over it's not all over it's still going i'm still here it's just everything's just been a bit crazy recently and um trying to find time to do all the cycling stuff along with everything else sometimes some things have to give and the podcast and the website as well to be fair are things that have just given way slightly to to other things but also I've not been out on the bike too much, to be fair. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the the bike I ride, it's it's a nice enough bike, but it's not exactly high-end. It's a hybrid bike from 2017. It's done around 9,000, just over 9,000 miles, and it's developed a creek. And uh, it's infuriating, and it's annoying, and it's putting me off riding because I don't know what the creek is. I don't know if it's something that's structurally a problem. You know, is the bike about to collapse underneath me? Probably not, but, you know, the thought is there. Or if it's just something worn out and just needs replacing. I'm working through trying to diagnose what the problem with the bike is. I've gone through cranks. I've checked uh, through axles, pedals, given, you know, the drivetrain a, a good clean, all of these things, and it's still there. And it's getting closer and closer and closer to me thinking it's probably the bottom bracket, isn't it? So uh, at some point I'm going to have to whip that out, see what I've got, give it a clean bit of grease maybe shove it all back together see if that solves it but otherwise then it's going to be replacing the bottom bracket this is all learning for me but because it's all learning for me it means I need the time to go and actually do it and everything just been a bit crazy over the last few weeks just uh, means it's been put on the back burner unfortunately so I've not been out on the bike too much which means cycling has been pushed a little bit to the the back of my mind recently but uh, it's still a, a key interest of mine a passion of mine you know cycle advocacy and uh, better cycling facilities and modal shift to cycling and all these things it's, it's still there it's still going on it hasn't disappeared it's just that everything else has been going on uh, over the last few weeks but uh, what has been happening and that I have been paying attention to is the uh, the consultation from Warwickshire County Council for the LCWIP, the LCWIP, or the Local Cycling and Walking Infrastructure Plan. The draft document was put out for consultation back in June. And uh, this is something I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast. It's been mentioned over on the website where I did a rather in-depth look through the, uh, the three-part document with a focus on the Nuneaton and Bedworth borough and put a bit of an analysis together on the website. Um, that was there as my own submission in response to the consultation, which I submitted earlier this month. The consultation closed on the 14th of August, and I know other people have had a look and have taken some inspiration from what I wrote. So thank you very much if you did have a look and, and, and did lift elements of that for your own response to the consultation. Um, if you've responded full stop, 
thank you very much for doing so because the more people that have responded to that consultation means the better the feedback the better quality of feedback that warwickshire will get as they revise this draft document and move towards releasing the first formal edition of the local cycling and walking infrastructure plan we'll wait and see what the uh, the outcome of that one is i believe the plan is for the document to be released by the end of the year i don't think there's a firm date um, and these things can sometimes slip so we'll wait and see but uh, i'm sure that when that comes out i will make reference to it either here on the podcast or over on the website or on social media or all three and we can see how the document has changed and uh, what we've got to look forward to here in warwickshire as we go forward with their new plans for active travel which is very exciting The only other thing I'm going to mention very, very quickly in this brief podcast today is the Ferrari that's been kicked off by Grant Shapps when he made comments saying that uh, there should be mandatory insurance for cycling, that cyclists should perhaps have registration plates or markings of some form, and that speed limits should apply to cyclists. Now, these were comments that were made and reported in the likes of the Daily Mail. They're very much targeting a specific demographic that uh, is all over the anti-cycling vitriol and all that. Um, I don't think in a million years any of this is going to happen, but it's incendiary comments from Grant Shapps, which is disappointing when, uh, okay, we've got the Johnson government as the outgoing government, and thank goodness for that, but the uh, one thing that the government has done well is to bring higher up in the agenda active travel and cycling specifically. We've had the creation of Active Travel England. We've had the updates to the Highway Code. We've had LTM 120, the updated cycle design guidance. All these things have come in which improve the situation for cycling. And now as we've got the Johnson government outgoing, you know, in a matter of weeks, we're going to have a new prime minister. We've got Grant Shapps saying these very incendiary comments, which work very much against the policy of the government as it stands at the moment. Now, it was reported in the uh, or suggested in the Independent that maybe Grant Shapps is doing this to distance himself from the pro cycling aspects of the Johnson government, because we don't know what the attitude from either Rishi Sunak or Liz Truss is going to be when either one of those becomes prime minister on the 5th of September. We'll have to wait and see. So things are a bit up in the air at the moment as to how things will progress with regard to active travel. Let's hope that they don't revert, that they don't go backwards. At the very least, let's hope that things stay on their current course. It would be really nice to think that maybe things could get even better with higher budgets, but I'm not holding out any hope for that. The most I think we can hope for is that things stay the same and that we don't see a reversion, that we don't see a cut in budgets, that we don't see any impact on the role of Active Travel England as they're just getting started. I can't imagine that we're going to see a reversion in terms of cycle design guidance because that would be a huge piece of work similar with the highway code changes that have just come in it'll be a massive thing to change those now i think we're okay with those but uh, in terms of the things that maybe can be done in terms of budgets and the general direction and setting the tone for how active travel and cycling specifically is developed over the coming years we'll just have to hope and keep our fingers crossed that things don't get worse under the new government I uh, I think I'll keep my toes crossed on that one as well. But you know, the comments about 
should speed limits apply to cycles? Should all cyclists have mandatory insurance? Should cycles have registration plates or markings of some sort? You know, these are general tropes that come out from the anti-cycling lot. It's stuff that you have to debunk quite frequently and say, well, actually, this is why it doesn't work. We can look at these very much in terms of costs and the impact on cycling. If we want more people to cycle and to shift from using the car for local journeys to using cycles, we need to make sure there are as few barriers as possible and that it is as cheap as possible. Because with cycling, once you've got your bike, there is minimal cost to using it for everyday transport. Yes, there's a little bit of cost in terms of maintenance and a little bit of servicing on that, but it's not huge. A lot of it, you know, someone could do themselves if they took the time to learn it, if they wanted to, but taking it to a shop or a trusted friend or a mechanic that they know, the cost of maintaining a cycle is not humongous. So it's an affordable means of transport. If we start introducing things like mandatory insurance, all of a sudden we're adding a new burden, a new cost burden, but not just cost, a time burden as well. We all know that we're supposed to shop around for new insurance policies every year when the renewals come around because it's always new customers that get the best deal. You have to do it already. We can add another one to the list when we have to renew our cycle insurance. And then how does insurance work? Do we look at family policies or is it going to be individual policies for that maybe includes children as well? All of a sudden, are you adding a significant financial burden that doesn't exist at the moment? For something that is inherently low risk, the risk of third party injury, whether to a person or property, is low with a cycle. It's not that it's not there, but it is low when you compare it to driving a car, for example, where you're driving around one, two plus tons of metal. So there's the administrative cost, there's the financial cost burden there. And for many people, that may be fine. But for some people, that just may mean that cycling suddenly becomes unaffordable and unattractive. So there's a barrier. And we can look at speed limits in the same way. The idea that cycles should obey speed limits, which are currently limited to motor vehicles, maybe isn't inherently a bad idea. Most cyclists will not exceed speed limits anyway. The lowest common speed limit that you'll see is 20 miles an hour. Yes, there are some lower, but the common one is going to be 20. Most cyclists cannot exceed 20 miles an hour. E-bikes are limited to 15 and a half miles an hour, so they're not likely to be speeding unless you're going downhill and really putting the effort in. So the problem of speeding cyclists when you're looking at very specific numbers, i.e. doing 22, say, in a 20 mile an hour zone, is not going to be a huge one. So is it really such a bad thing if you say these speed limits apply? Well, on the surface, no, it isn't. It doesn't matter. But then you start thinking, well, if you're in a hilly area and you're going downhill, maybe you, you could exceed these speed limits in some situations. Maybe some people could exceed the speed limits regardless. Stronger cyclists maybe could exceed certain speed limits in certain environments and in certain conditions but they don't know necessarily that they're going to exceed those speed limits because they don't have to, by law, have any device that says how fast they're going. Now, many cyclists that are cycling for fun or as a hobby may well have a cycle computer of some form that will give them a speed readout, absolutely. But there's no rule that says you have to have it. So if you start saying that cyclists need to obey the speed limits, you do need to then start saying, well, 
cyclists need to have a means of measuring their speed. They have to have that readout that so they know definitively that they're not going above the posted speed limit. And these devices will have to be calibrated to work within a certain margin of error. Again, we're looking at a new cost. All cycles all of a sudden need to have a speedometer, a properly fitted, properly calibrated speedometer that will show the speed so that a cyclist knows if they're about to break the speed limit. We're adding a new cost. And again, cost becomes a barrier. It might be a one-off cost, but it's still an additional cost. It's something that you either say you have to incur when you buy a bike and the bike has to be provided with a speedometer or all existing bikes will need to be retrofitted, in which case, how many bikes is in the household? You know, one bike per grown-up, a bike per child. There might even be more than one bike. All these bikes all of a sudden have to have the cost of putting speedometers onto the bikes, and then you've got to make sure they're charged and still always functioning, all the rest. So there's a cost and there is a commitment to charging. It's just another burden. It's another hurdle. It's something that makes cycling less attractive. And for what? For how many instances of speeding cyclists? And the thing is, we already have a law on the statute that can deal with people who are cycling too fast for the conditions. It's called wanton and furious cycling. And this isn't specific to any posted speed limit. This is all about the conditions that are present at a particular time. So in theory, if you're cycling at 15 miles an hour, but the place is busy, there are people crossing, and then all of a sudden you're darting and weaving between people crossing at that speed, that might well fall foul of wanton and furious cycling because you are not cycling in a safe manner to the conditions that are present. So we have to ask ourselves, is this really necessary? Is it worth it? No, it's not. You've got the whole process of updating the law to go through. You've then got to update databases and systems to track whether people are going too fast. Are you going to start changing um, the speed cameras so that they function on cycles? And then that gets down to the registration aspect. Because if you want to have automatic speed monitoring, like we have with motor vehicles, if a speed camera takes a picture of a cyclist, then the argument will be, well, we need the registration plates so that we can then follow up with that particular cyclist. And that is the other part of Grant Shapp's little tirade of mad ideas, registration plates. And again, you might think on the surface, this seems like a reasonable idea. But look at it in more detail. Look at the cost involved. And again, it comes down to cost. But not just the cost to the person having to register their bikes, because that would presumably be a cost that have to be incurred you know and again it's going to be incurred by every single bike but you've got the cost of implementing a system and running that system the staffing of that system the databases all of the rest you're going to have to create a standardized registration plate that everybody can have that will work with every single type of bike that exists it's such a burden for something that is you know the risk from cycling is so small so I don't see this going anywhere. I don't see any of this going anywhere. But the trouble is, it stokes the anti-cycling sentiment that exists within a certain demographic. And we've had it in Nuneaton and in Warwickshire where certain people are saying, you know, well, this is actually a great idea. We think we should do this. But you've got to look at it in more detail. Don't just look at the headline of cyclists should have insurance. Cyclists should obey the speed limits. Cyclists should have registration plates. Because... 
you might on the surface think that's a great idea or at least certain elements of it are a good idea but delve into it more deeply and see the impact of what this will have it will add burden it will add cost it will make cycling unattractive for some people and we need cycling to be as easy as possible we need people just to be able to go to their local bike shop pick up a bike hand over their cash and to cycle off it needs to be that simple, that easy, and we don't need this ongoing every year worry about re um, insurance, worry about whether the speedometer is charged and it's functioning and oh no, it's not, I can't go cycling uh, and all these impacts that will come about if you were to change the rules to implement all this. And even the AA president, Edmund King, has said that this is basically a bad idea and we need to not put up hurdles to people adopting active travel because I think he can see as well that there are benefits to driving if more people are cycling. More people cycling, the fewer people driving, the less congested the roads are, the less pollution there is and all the other benefits that, can, that come with it, personal health and well-being and all that sort of stuff. So if the AA president is saying that actually this is a really bad idea, then maybe you just stop and think and go, hmm, maybe maybe I haven't thought this through. So an interesting couple of days with uh, with that blowing up, but uh, it's you know it's nothing new. These comments, it's just disappointing to see them from uh, the likes of Grant Shapps, part of the outgoing government. When the one thing we can say that's been good from this government is their attitude to cycling, and maybe we're just starting to see the turn now. So fingers crossed, it doesn't get worse for active travel in the UK. I am worried about that, but I like to try and remain a little bit hopeful. But anyway, that's pretty much it for the podcast for today. As I say, it was going to be a short one. It's very much just a check in. There won't be one for at least a few more weeks. I will be going away. I am off to the Netherlands and uh, will almost certainly not want to come back, but come back I must at some point. But I will be making sure to... I dare say take a few pictures of some infrastructure, maybe go around with a GoPro and get little videos here and there and just bathe in how well they do everything over in the Netherlands. And then as I come back, I'm just going to look at this place and think, oh, <laughs> it's always a bit of a kick when you come back from uh, from somewhere that does cycling so well. But uh, there we go. I'm sure it'll be a fun trip. I'm looking forward to it. So I will see you at some point after I return where I may well comment and you know talk about my experience of cycling again over in the Netherlands. I dare say I'll be on the bike at some point. It'll be the first time I've been there since 2019 when I took the bike between Rotterdam and The Hague. And that was a fun cycle experience because you got, I got to experience a range of varying grades of quality of cycle infrastructure in the Netherlands. It's not all fantastic. Some of it is a little bit iffy, but, you know, compared to here, well, you know, it's, it's no competition, of course. So I will be back at some point, as I say, ad hoc podcast. So make sure you're subscribed in your apps. If you're not subscribed at the moment, head over to the search bar, search for Feets Cycle. That's F-I-E-T-S Cycle. It should come up. Make sure you're subscribed so you get your notifications when new editions are released. This one is going to be exclusive to podcast channels. This one won't be going out on YouTube. 
just for time reasons if you want to support the podcast you can do so head over to the website feats.uk that's f-i-e-t-s dot uk any support for uh, for what i'm doing is gratefully received so thank you very much and even if you can't if you can just spread the word about the podcast so that people know and uh, can also subscribe and listen in then uh, that'll be appreciated as well thank you very much over on social media you can find me on twitter at bicycle ben uk over on facebook facebook.com slash bicycle ben uk and mastodon mastodon.online slash bicycle ben thanks very much for listening thanks for being with me on this this short edition this little check-in and i will see you next time on the feats podcast bye-bye